0: Continuing Russian aggression in Ukraine, which escalated in early 2022, has brought damage and destruction to all spheres of life, including cultural heritage. Historic buildings, museum collections, libraries and intangible heritage are all at threat. The international community has attempted to help protect and digitize the cultural treasures of Ukraine and save them for posterity. The Europa Nostra Heritage Hub in Krakow plays an active role in popularizing Ukrainian heritage, supporting the brave actions for the protection of cultural goods and inspiring projects. My name is John Beecham and together with Katarzyna Jagodzińska, the head of the Krakow Heritage Hub, will be hosting a new monthly podcast. Ukraine Heritage Spotlight Today we want to introduce you to the current situation in Ukraine. We speak about the damages, needs, recovery programs and draw your attention to a handful of wonderful projects in the area of cultural heritage. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Natalia Musienko. A Vice President of Europa Nostra and a coordinator of the International Heritage Solidarity Fellowship for the Ukrainian Defenders of Cultural Heritage. She is a leading research fellow at the Modern Art Research Institute of the National Academy of Arts of Ukraine in Kyiv and is also an expert in cultural heritage of the Ukraine Cultural Foundation. I'd like to kick off with, uh, let's say, an introductory question. Uh, could you briefly comment on the current condition of cultural heritage in Ukraine and, 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 and what, are the, what are the damages caused by this conflict so far?
1: Briefly? It would be really very briefly. Cultural heritage in Ukraine is a victim of war.
0: Why? Why are the Russian invaders doing so much to destroy Ukrainian cultural heritage?
1: Because Russia deliberately targets cultural sites at the heart of Ukrainian identity. Cultural heritage is the soul of Ukrainian identity, and they want to destroy it and to appropriate it.
0: How do Russians want to appropriate something which isn't theirs it's ukrainian cultural heritage so why would the russians be interested in something like that
1: it's their tradition for centuries and they do appropriation of the other people cultural heritage during at least uh, 300 years not only with ukrainian cultural heritage but also with polish cultural heritage So how
2: much and what actually has been damaged? Is there a research, is there a list that indicates uh, what was lost, what has been lost, what requires
1: repair? Yes, there is a list. There is one list registered by made by our Ministry of uh, Culture and Information Policy. It continues to record damage to cultural infrastructure facilities in Ukraine uh, as a result of Russian aggression, and uh, for the last that I saw in this register, it was 1,624 cultural infrastructure facilities uh, suffered damage uh, and uh, Of these, almost a third, 591 objects were destroyed. And when we are speaking um, about UNESCO, UNESCO managed uh, to verify nearly 300 uh, damages to various objects across the country. But this is uh, not the whole list, of course. Many more cases have not been documented. This is also the problem.
2: Another thing referring to uh, the damages. What is, from your perspective, most vulnerable? Is it only the tangible heritage? Uh, is there also some threat to intangible heritage?
1: Of course, for both intangible and intangible. For intangible uh, heritage, you you should speak uh, to our last Europa Nostra last year public award winner, Veshevanka Day. And they will tell you how they are saving now in the dramatic circumstances intangible heritage our Veshevanka.
0: Even in Poland now we have the Vyshevanka. All the Ukrainians living in Poland, they come out with their Vyshevanka.
1: Come on, you had Vyshevanka before because I think Vyshevanka is very popular and uh, I always insist to have the, such a big uh, European project, European Vyshevanka. Everybody has Salo, everybody has Vyshevanka. <laughs> <laughs> it's unites. It is, it is uniting people. <laughs>
2: what's great about is that it actually develops and expands so millions of people actually celebrate with wearing those embroidered shirts and skirts and scarves so uh, the image and the photographs that the museum in trnopsi is uh, distributing is like wonderful another thing is uh, heritage professionals during the war When the war began, a lot of professionals also left Ukraine going to some other locations, including Poland, including including Krakow. So uh, we're wondering whether right now are you lacking the uh, expert workforce in museums,
1: libraries, heritage sites? Of course, uh, we are lacking this force, and I would like to mention that our heritage professional, they did not go only to Krakow. They also went to army, serving and defending the motherland, and this is very important.
0: So, the the whole of Europe, including institutions and organizations specialized in cultural heritage, they are now wondering uh, how to help best. Uh, So, How would you identify the uh, current needs of uh, Ukraine in terms of cultural heritage, preservation, restoration?
1: I think uh, you should better ask this question. In Lviv, in October 23, Lviv will host a major, major conference on the cultural heritage uh, in war in Ukraine. The main target of this conference, of course, is the reconstruction reconstruction, renovation, and I I know the specialist architects uh, from uh, Kiev uh, who are going there, and uh, as far as I know, our Romanian colleagues also are going there, architects. So it will be really very important uh, conference to focus the needs of Ukraine in this. But I would like to tell you also that uh, last uh, November, November 22, I attended also a symposium on the Ukrainian reconstruction made by the Swedish colleagues in Stockholm. So this question is on the table. The point is uh, that each day, which, with new destructions, we need more and more funds.
0: Is it just about funding or is it also about finding the, the right professionals to do the job?
1: Right professionals uh, and, uh, of course, the right approach, because each architect has its different approach. And, of course, now the very delicate moment to introduce this approach, for example, of foreign architects to the civil society in Ukraine do they intend to see their cities like uh, being proposed by the um, international community so because there are different uh, always there are different options uh, ideas uh, and uh, it's very important to find this consensus also with the civil society
0: what what interests me is how open is ukraine for aid from the outside world, when it will come to the restoration of uh, cultural heritage? You obviously have your own specialists in Ukraine. How open are you to, let's say, invite specialists, as you're saying, from Sweden, maybe from Poland or from elsewhere uh, to to come and help uh, rebuild your country?
1: Being a philosopher and not an architect, I'm very open. But it's very (laughs) interesting to know the professional point of view of the architects. Not to lose uh, the essence.
0: Absolutely, that's uh, that's that's quite understandable.
2: You already mentioned uh, the Vyshovanka and the project that is taking place in Chernivtsa, the recovery of embroidered cloth. Uh, but there is a number of other interesting projects inspiring projects taking care in the area of cultural heritage in Ukraine and two of them have actually uh, received uh, Europa Nostra award 2023 so could you comment on the ones that you find most inspiring that we
1: could learn about more both projects are gr- projects are great i know better one uh proposed by the Lviv organization, in cooperation with Mariupol and other cities organizations, and also in cooperation with British universities. And uh, this uh, project is about uh, this digital archives, and uh, practically it is very interesting and in the same time tragic project. I visited their local ceremony in late August uh, 23, and uh, I realized uh, that it was a premonition of war, if you wanted, because what did they, uh, they did the archives of the places that do not exist now. I'm speaking about, for example, about Mariupol, so they did these digital archives, so very interesting, very inspiring that they did it. Unfortunately, that they, this project has such a tragic war aspect and accent, but still, it is so important that they can transfer this message to the international community, and that's why they're here and will receive award. Maybe you could
2: say a bit more about other projects that were not awarded, but you know that are taking place, maybe they are in the course of action?
1: I would like to say that there are a lot of projects of Ukraine coming now. And for example, I was in this selection committee of one of the nomination and there were 74 projects who were proposed for nominations and 23 from Ukraine. So in spite of all the difficulties of the war, people want their project to be exposed internationally and they understand how it is important that international community see these projects.
2: What's important now? Is it like, for instance, uh, for the other countries, for the uh, international community to initiate collaborative projects with Ukrainian colleagues or how do you see it?
1: always different uh, sorts of collaborations. Uh, there are, of course, the collaboration state with state. There are collaboration inter- of international organizations, uh, for example, as UNESCO with some pro- other projects or some other uh, representative col- of culture or heritage in Ukraine. Uh, by the way, uh, as far as I know, UNESCO is going to open its hub In Lviv in October 2023. But I would like to point out how important is the collaboration with the civil society, how important is when the funds are going directly to the defender of the cultural heritage. And that's why I would like to bring your attention to the Absolutely amazing, fantastic project, uh, Heritage Solidarity Fellowship for Ukraine, initiated by Europa Nostra, and of course supported, uh, and the Global Heritage Fund, with a major contribution um, of international alliance for the protection of heritage in conflict areas through the support of the European Union and other donors. So, what is this project, this fellowship is about? we had created in Ukraine also selection committee. We made two calls in April 22 and in May 23 and we selected 238 Ukrainian heritage defenders to receive this solidarity support. What does it mean? These people who are really in demand, in hardship, receive their support and We did not, we know that they're practical on the front lines. Some of them are in the occupied zones. Of course, the majority are women uh, because this is cultural heritage has women face. It known non-fact. And uh, the people even did not believe that they got this fellowship because it was possible to nominate somebody. So, for example, I know this person, and I nominated that person, and maybe person maybe even I did tell to this person not to not to give you know some inspirations without base so and people uh, then they called for example, a small library some uh, seven kilometers from the Russian board, and uh, the director uh, the director of three people received this fellowship, and uh, she called it should i should i make a new windows because we are being bombarded every every day and we don't have windows you make what do you want the idea of this amount is to help you personally uh, yes okay i shall put new windows so this is really the intentions of uh, the cultural defenders we know that uh, i don't know uh, i think in all countries of the world they are uh, Not the most highly, uh, they don't have the high salaries, uh, but these people are very devoted. And uh, when they receive uh, this support, this fellowship, it inspires them to continue and give them also this inspiration for victory. For victory, uh, of course, it, it is not easy to to make um, fund transfer to the occupied zone, but we managed uh, to do this because we know that the deoccupation is coming and our people are there. So, what I'm speaking about, I'm speaking that very important is to deal with people directly, directly. And the things that cannot be done by any ministry or official uh, public organization could be done by the organizations as Europa Nostra. And this is the mission of Europa Nostra, to support people who are doing with cultural heritage.
0: And that wraps up this episode. Join Katarzyna Jagodzinska and myself, John Beecham, for more from the Kraków Heritage Hub. Just like, share and subscribe to stay in the loop. Many thanks for listening and do join us again next time. Bye-bye.